Welcome to the True Crime B&B. I'm Beth. I'm Bailey. And we are here for week five. Week, yeah, holy crap, I guess it is week it's five. week five. It's gone kind of fast now that we started publishing. Yeah, once you get a routine down, it's a little easier. Seriously. <laughs> so what do you got this week? This week, I think we both kind of said we have shorter stories. This might be kind of a mini-sode version of this. We always say that and it never is. It never is. It'll probably be at least 45 minutes. <laughs> But this week I'm taking us to Brazil and we're going to start out, there was a girl named, well a woman named Tatiana Spitzner and in 2013 she met a man named Luis Felipe Manvelar and they ended up getting married that same year, 2013. Okay. So after that, Tatiana actually became a lawyer and Luis was a university biology professor at the school down there. And so they were both very successful. They had a lot of friends. They would all the same mutual friends and stuff. She was actually very outgoing and would like make friends everywhere they went. Meanwhile, he was kind of like, you know how it goes. There's always like one introverted person, one extroverted person. The only reason the introverted person ever goes out is because they're hanging out with the other person's friends. Yes. Yes, I understand that. It was kind of like that where everything they ended up going to, she was the one getting invited and he just kind of tagged along. His only version of a social life was he was super into bodybuilding and like he would do steroids and stuff like that. Just, I don't think legally, (laughs) just like. So his entire free time was just spent at the gym working out all day, every day. So friends later on claimed that he was very jealous and possessive if, like I said, she was a lawyer, so she was bringing in the big money for him. And her friends claimed that he was very jealous and possessive of her. If there was an outfit that was too revealing, he didn't like it, she'd come home after spending hundreds of dollars on this new outfit she was excited to wear, and she would take a shower and he would just destroy it. Just rip it up, do whatever he could so she could not wear it out of the house. Have you ever had that experience where you dated somebody that was real jealous and possessive like that uh not for longer than a week (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean i've never understood that that guys will see this woman who's Mm -hmm. beautiful and eye-catching and you know they know that everyone's interested in her but as soon as they get her they want to cover her with a sheet so that no one else can look at her right and if you trust your partner why do you care If other people are like, that's an attractive person. Well, a lot of times the person who thinks the other person's going to cheat on him is actually the person who's cheating on him. Yeah, it's always, yeah, projecting. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So that's just generally how he was known to be. Her friends didn't really like him a lot. Actually, leading up to the events, she was on record texting her friends and her sister saying, like, he's going to be so jealous one of these days he's gonna kill me like I don't know what to do and so she was not only was she texting all of her friends saying that he was she was scared of him that she wanted to get out of this she wanted to file for divorce he actually at this point started limiting what she could spend her money on and what she was allowed to she had no control of their finances even though she was the breadwinner of the house the only reason they had a house was because what a douche yeah so just all around bad vibes for this guy on July 22nd 2018 they decided it was either his birthday that day or his birthday was coming up and they decided to go out with a bunch of friends and celebrate at some local club. Mm -hmm. This was in Guarapava, Brazil. Tatiana, who was 29 at the time, and her husband Luis was 32, they had been out of the club, like I said, with a bunch of friends and she had found a bunch of messages from other women on in his Instagram account. What did I tell you? Yep, always projecting. So they got in a big argument and he was telling her, oh, it's my birthday. They just, I posted on Instagram, it's my birthday and they're wishing me happy birthday that's all it is and she kind of was like whatever like I don't even like you anymore anyway and she dropped it they let it go so early that morning they were back on their way home to their apartment building he like brought it up again and started 
arguing with her and getting on her and like if you're so mad about this so what are you doing to me that kind of thing i don't think she probably normally would have been mad but he makes such a big deal about everything yeah. that she does that then he's such a hypocrite it makes it doing, more obvious yeah he's doing just, something he would find unacceptable if she did it just hypocritical yeah exactly <laughs> so so he brings it up again she doesn't even want to argue about it anymore at this point she's like i don't just let it go and so there's actually cctv footage of them parked kind of on the street outside of their apartment complex where it's like filming out the front of the apartment and you can see them in the car and he proceeds to punch her in the face three times oh, wow she's very intoxicated at this point so this ends up knocking her unconscious and so he kind of panics and drives them into the parking structure of the mm-hmm. complex and then again they're picked up on cctv footage of him going to the passenger side dragging her out of the vehicle She's unconscious, so he starts kicking her to wake her back awake. Oh, because that's going to work. Because that's going to, like, make everything Violence better. knocked you out. Let's see if more violence will wake you back up. So he started kicking her, and she did come to from this, and she immediately oh, bolted well, up and started running. Cause so much she, for my theory. Well, I mean, it worked, but it's... It, yeah, so... Oh, my God. She wakes up, and she starts running from him, and you can see from multiple cam- camera angles throughout the complex of her just, like hiding behind pillars and, like, behind oh cars God. and trying to get away from him. That's got to be heartbreaking to watch. Oh, it was. I, it's all available online, unfortunately. So, at one point, she actually makes it to the elevator of her building. So, she gets in and is, like, frantically pressing the button to close the doors, but he makes it just in time and is, like, stuck in the elevator with her. And she is trying to get out. He's holding her against the wall. And then she goes to the... I guess when she had gotten in, he hit the fourth floor, which is where their apartment was, but she hit the ground floor so it would open back up. And it did. And she successfully got out of the elevator, but he actually grabbed her by the back of her neck and pulled her back in and forced her up to the fourth floor where they lived. After this all happened, he was mad that she had, like, made a run for it at the ground floor again, so he slammed her head against the side of the elevator. Yes. And ended up, she at this point was probably just like, I don't know what to do. So she just went with him into their apartment building. Well, everything she does to resist, he just results it makes it in worse. hurting her more. Yeah, so. so maybe she just thought, if I just get alone with him and calm him down, he'll stop. Oh my gosh. Because at this point, he had always stopped at some point, you know? Mm. So they get back into their apartment behind closed doors. We obviously have no idea what happened from this point. But about 15 minutes later, the neighbors, they had heard them screaming and arguing this whole time. Nobody called the police, unfortunately. They were probably constantly screaming They probably had heard this before, thought it was no different than every other fight they'd had. And then, like I said, 15 minutes after she was last seen on the footage from the elevator, she was picked up on the footage from the outside again, falling from the fourth floor. Oh, down to the pavement. So oh. at this point, neighbors looked outside to see what the hell had just gone past their window and like looked down and saw her laying there not moving on the concrete and on the pavement. And then out of just what the hell is going on, they notice Luis now emerging from the first floor and grabbing her body, pulling it back into the elevator and then going back up to the apartment and putting her back in the apartment. So he doesn't call 911. He doesn't check her vitals or anything. He just grabs her bloody body, brings her back into the elevator and takes her back to the apartment. What the hell? So now people are calling police like that's effing suspicious like seriously 
So when police arrived, they found her in her apartment, but he was nowhere to be seen. He actually, it turns out, had gone and jumped into his own car back in the um, apartment complex and driven 100, I believe it was 185 miles away. And because he was in such a panic and a whirlwind of not knowing what to do, he ended up crashing his car. So that's when they caught up to him. And when they took him in, he goes, oh, well, she just jumped off. She was insane. Like she was so drunk and she just jumped off and committed suicide. I don't know what happened to her. And then you grabbed her, brought her yeah, back in. exactly. So the whole time they're like, that doesn't add up. None of this adds up. It does not. So then they went back and watched all the CCTV footage that I was telling you about and said, there's no freaking way this girl jumped to her death. Like, no. that's... Unless she was trying to get away from you. Then maybe. <laughs> so then they actually found another video after he had dragged her back upstairs and then gotten back into the elevator to go back down to his car and found that he was so panicked and, like, out of his mind that he doesn't remember anything that happened, like he claims. But he had the wherewithal to sit there and clean the blood out of the elevator. Just, just you know, double-checking and making sure all the little nooks and crannies were taken care of and then got in his car and left. Yeah, it's my inner housekeeper coming out. Right, just, oh, I don't want to be rude, but... <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't mind, but get that on their suit. So, he was held in freaking in jail, obviously. So, there was an autopsy performed because of all the weird circumstances going on. This was 2018, by the way. It's, it, does the guy not know that there are cameras all over the apartment complex? I mean, how dumb are you? you I know. You obviously got caught on the camera. I mean, you're literally grabbing her by the neck and holding her up against the wall. Even if it was just an argument, that's not okay. You're still going to jail for that. That's, that's <laughs> shitty. Yeah. So, two months later later, her autopsy report came back. It was ruled a homicide, mainly due to the fact that when they did the autopsy, she had literally two handprint bruises around her neck and her hyoid bone was fractured. Oh my god. So that's obviously strangulation. Yeah. And then they also discovered no traces of adrenaline or cortisol in her system, which is actually like a chemical fear response to your body if you are in imminent danger. Mm -hmm. So... I asked my personal doctor that's on my speed dial, Michael, and he was telling me, I was like, I understand what adrenaline is. Obviously, everybody knows what adrenaline is and that you feel it when you're, like, panicked or whatever. But he explained to me that it would make sense that she was not conscious when she went over that railing because otherwise you would expect, I'm falling four stories, I'm going to have some kind of chemical release of, oh my god, I'm about to hit the pavement. I would think that just the fact that he was dragging her around the building. See, that's what I brought up. I said to him, but that... Makes sense to me. Like, if she was unconscious and had already strangled and didn't know that she was falling. Yeah. But wouldn't the fight, like, leading up to that lead some kind of, like, chemical? And he goes, well, if she he simply, like, got into the door, knocked her unconscious, she didn't see the blow coming or something, that would make sense that he would then strangle her and throw her over. And she had no time to produce the fear But response. she was being dragged around before but they even got in the elevator. But how many times had this happened to her before? I would think every time it happened that that would cause Absolutely. A, a fear you would, response. You would think, but he said that if she was just so used to it where she was like, I just have to let him get oh, this out of this his system. What? Oh, the, yeah, like, oh, here he goes again, but he's not going to go that far. He's never gone that far. I'm okay if he just calms the hell it's down. It's just like we said last week. Just because he's never done it before doesn't mean he's not going to do it this time. It's escalation, yes. And so it makes kind of sense, but that was just a big thing that a lot of people were pointing out, that there was no adrenaline, so she was most definitely dead before she even went over the railing. Or passed out. Most likely dead because the he had no time to strangle her and all that after. He literally dragged her into the front foyer, dropped off her body, and left. Oh, okay. I thought it was a few minutes, like five minutes before. No, the few minutes were the 
after he dropped her off in the apartment and then got back in the elevator and was sitting there holding it, just like cleaning it up and stuff. And then he got okay. back to his car. Finally, it was all put off because this happened in 2018 and then he was set to go on trial 2020, but then COVID hit. And finally in May 2021, Luis was sentenced to 31 years in jail for her murder. Mm-hmm. However, this is really alarming. I saw a couple statistics on the different websites that I looked at for this. And apparently it's the femicide rate down in Brazil is like twice the amount it is here in the U.S. Where every 100,000 female deaths, 4.4 of them were femicides, meaning like a husband killing his wife or something like that. Or a domestic dispute where a man overpowered the woman. Is there like a a higher tolerance for it based on the laws? You know, is it... They actually had a couple laws. I wish I'd written them down. But they had a couple of laws that were passed in like the early 2000s. And one of the main people supporting this and like trying to bring it back, he said it's a great thing that they passed these laws and the laws are there they're just not being being enforced enforced and they actually had a whole bunch of women's shelters open up 300 or something that were all paid for by the government and then now there's i believe they said like seven left that's it wow they just slowly started closing they weren't getting the funding so they just couldn't keep them open wow so after all of this her sister tatiana's sister Luana Spitzner actually created a page called Todos por Tatiana, which is translated to everyone for Tatiana, to bring awareness to domestic violence. And you can actually find her page. It's literally on Instagram. It's at Todos por Tatiana. And I'll go ahead and put a link of that in our show notes. I just wanted to quote what she has in her bio on there. just says, violence leaves scars. Not seeing them leads to homicide. Yeah, it is sad. It's really sad because, I mean, how long did she go through those violent episodes before he finally killed her? I mean, they were together five years. So she went through that countless times. And at no point did anyone ever step in. No point did she ever go to someone and say, this is intolerable. I can't keep going like this. Well, she wanted a divorce. And I think that's probably why they were fighting so much recently is because he was like, I'm losing her, you know? And it's just... Yeah, I wonder why you're losing her, douchebag. <laughs> Seriously. Too many Christmas. Uh, I... I don't understand. These guys just think that they can do whatever they want and you should just tolerate Like, it. how do you think this ends? Yeah. Do you think she's going to just put up with this for the rest of her life? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was awful. I say that every time you do your story. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you that's awful. It's the story that's awful. I have a story. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, say these names very slowly because they're names from a culture that I am not part of. And so I'm trying to be very careful and say them correctly. Okay. This is the story of 75-year-old Xiao Zhen Shi. Okay. Who was born in China. And in 2021, she was living in San Francisco. Oh. And when I looked up the pronunciation for Xiao Zhen Shi, I discovered that Xiao, which is her first name, the like it's the first family name. name. No, it's not okay. the family name. Oh. It, it's been reversed, I believe, because she was in the U.S. when this happened. Oh, okay. I got but you. in if she were in China, I think it would be Shi Xiao Jen. Okay. But Xiao means someone who is good to their parents. And so that was the name given to her by her parents, and I thought that was really That's sweet. sweet. Yeah. So Xiao is a resident of a senior retirement home in San Francisco. She was simply standing in a street light on Market Street on March the 16th, 2021. Remember, she's 75 years old. Right. She's waiting to cross the street when, without any provocation, she was suddenly caught up in the rising tide of anti-Asian violence. For some context, this was just the day after six women of Asian descent had been murdered in Atlanta. It was. Okay, it, I remember massage, that. Uh, yeah. 
That's crazy. It was literally the day after that happened. So now 39-year-old Stephen Jenkins, who had immediately before this, just down the street, had also assaulted Nhoc Phan, an 83-year-old Vietnamese immigrant. And then after he, he assaulted Nhoc, he ran up to Xiao and punched her hard right in the face. Mm-hmm. So the area was occupied with people of all ages and races, but Jenkins specifically chose two older Asian people to victimize. Coward. Exactly. Xiao was badly injured, as most people would be after being sucker punched by somebody half their age. But she had a really fighting spirit and she wasn't going down easy. She didn't just get scared. She got mad. Yeah, good. She saw a large wooden stick, grabbed it, and started pounding Jenkins with it. She was pummeling his legs even as he was being subdued by a security guard. In fact, she defended herself so well that while she had two black eyes, cuts and lacerations on her face, and around her eye, which swelled completely shut and wouldn't stop bleeding, the guy who picked on the wrong spunky lady ended up in an ambulance and off to the hospital and then jail. There was video of the altercation that was captured by the sports director of the local TV station, who just happened to be walking by at the moment. It was just total coincidence. (laughs) He just happened to get this video. And I saw the video of the aftermath. I don't think there was any video of the actual attack. Mm Mm-hmm. But in the video of the aftermath, she's holding an ice pack up to her bleeding eye with one hand. And then with the other hand, she's still holding on to her board, shaking it at him, like <laughs> pointing it towards him, shaking it at him and berating him in her native tongue. It's beautiful. I love that It's so beautiful. Much. She just looked like she would have killed him if somebody hadn't come and saved his ass. As for this jerk who thought it's okay to assault strangers who look different from him. Mm-hmm. He's handcuffed in the video to a stretcher, <laughs> looking totally baffled as to how this all went so wrong. <laughs> he ended up going to the hospital for treatment of his injuries that he earned, by the way. He earned those injuries. Yeah, he's lucky that's all he got. Nope, fam, the 83-year-old man who was attacked, also received head and neck injuries. There was a GoFundMe that was set up for him to cover his medical expenses, and he got donations of over $300,000. Wow, okay. He later insisted after all of this, despite his injuries and despite the trauma of being attacked by a stranger in the street, Mm -hmm. he insisted he was going to be okay because he said that he had been held in a concentration camp for 17 years in Vietnam after the Vietnam War. And he was determined that this attack was not going to be enough to stop him. Oh, no. Absolutely. Some little putts on the street is not going to, you know, ruin my life. A GoFundMe was also started to defray Xiao Chen Shi's medical expenses. When the video of her beating up this young attacker went public, the initial hope on the GoFundMe was that she would raise 50000 mm-hmm. to cover all of her medical expenses and all the stuff that she was going through. She ended up earning over a million dollars in that GoFundMe. <sighs> but Xiao, who is both a cancer survivor and a diabetic, and her husband have very traditional and hardworking values, and the family did not feel right about keeping all that money, saying that this rising anti-Asian violence is an issue bigger than only her. So for that reason, she donated the million dollars to the Asian American community to combat racism 
I know. Good for her. Aw, you're going to make me cry in yours, too. (laughs) (laughs) And Stephen Jenkins, who was found to be not seriously injured. Hopefully he was just humiliated and embarrassed. Yeah, I hope he gets beat up in jail every day of his life now because they know what an easy target he is. (laughs) He wasn't seriously injured after being seen at the hospital, and he was booked into the San Francisco County Jail on two counts of assault likely to produce great bodily injury and two counts of elder abuse. Because you little ass, picking on elderly people, who have put in their time, Mm -hmm. you know, let that be a lesson to anyone who sees a little old man or a little old lady and expects them just to be easy targets. Because you know what? They may have their frailties, but the generations before ours have been through some heavy That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, you can pick on them because they might be weaker physically, physically, but they've been through shit you can't even imagine. So they're not going down without a fight. They are (laughs) tough-minded, and they are not going to be intimidated by cowardly little punks. Makes you so angry. (laughs) It does. It really does. But I just, I I love that video of her just telling him off. (laughs) Just telling him off because she was not having it. That's great. So that's the end of my story. I also have a little extra today. Okay. And Five my... creepy facts that you might wish that you didn't know. All right. All right. According to the World Health Organization, we all know that humans shed their skin. Mm-hmm. Well, the average human will shed 112 pounds of skin during their lifetime. And if you've ever worn a cast on a body part, oh. you recognize <laughs> this is true. Disgusting. When you took your cast off your arm, was it just covered with scuzz? Well, mine, I feel like, was worse because I had the waterproof cast because I was so young. Mm-hmm. So when they took it off... Ugh. Yeah, dead skin is gross within itself when you sweat and stuff, but when you're showering with it every night and it's stuck in there compacting. Gross. It literally looked like I just dug up a corpse and that was my arm. <laughs> like it was yeah, it just, it's just a big like, a coating, a coating. And then your arm is so not used to moving and stuff that you want to be delicate when you're washing it, but you also want to deep scrub it and it's just such a weird, I don't want to press too hard, but I don't want to. I, yeah, I don't want to take off parts that are still supposed to stay. <sighs> All right, creepy fact number two. The average cell phone, and you probably know this one, the average cell phone carries more than 10 times the density of bacteria of a public toilet. Yep. And I'm not sure if that, if the public toilet they're referring to applies to the nasty public ones like at Joe's gas station in the middle of nowhere with the, the doors on the outside mm-hmm. and you have to go inside and get a key, but you go in there and there's always like poop all over the toilet With seat like the little and... fly traps hanging right above yes. your <laughs> toilet. So that might have more than what's on your phone, but other public toilets have less than your phone. So maybe you should consider disinfecting your Yeah. Phone. Also, if you ever go to a pharmacy and you're calling your insurance company, at least put your phone on speaker so we can talk to them. I'm not putting your phone, I don't know where it's been, up to my face. That's disgusting. That's a valid point. I yes. hate that. <laughs> no one wants to put your phone up to their I don't face. know when you last took a dump and we're on this thing. Like, <laughs> All right. Fun fact number three. Pygmy shorthorn lizards have blood-filled sinuses that fill and rupture as a self-defense mechanism, making them appear to bleed from their eyes. Kind of badass. I'm, I love that. This frightens the predator and they normally will flee. I would flee. <laughs> Maybe it's just the softy and the empath in me. I wouldn't be frightened. I'd just be like, you poor thing. Are you okay? Let me nurse you to help. And he's like, this is not doing the desired effect. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm trying to bleed you Put around. me down, human. <laughs> yeah, they're not very big either. Number four. People in the past had the most horrific ways to execute prisoners. Oh, yes. And if you saw Game of Thrones, you know some of these. 
or not even just prisoners, but people they just didn't like or, you know, rival families, mm-hmm. things like that. One of these was called skepism, and it consisted of covering someone with honey, cramming them into a hollow log so that they couldn't move, and letting mosquitoes and other insects take it from there until they died. Do you know how long that would on average take? I imagine it's pretty miserable. Like weeks, I would feel like. I would have to think so. It, well, I you guess would if probably start getting, getting an infection and it might kill you sooner. Yeah, like you have the blood or something. Especially with mosquitoes, you know? Ugh, yeah, gross. yikes. Gross. It just gives me a creepy I don't problem. like it. I need a shower. Now. I hate just having <laughs> sticky stuff on my skin to begin with. Better yet, like covered. For sure. And this one was interesting. It says over a fifth of school children between 11 and 13 years old report hearing voices according to a psychiatric study by RSCI in Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Half of these children were found to have non-psychotic psychiatric disorders like depression, mm-hmm. things like that. Some did have severe psychotic disorders, and the rest had no psychiatric disorders at all. But that's, they still were hearing voices. So that's not weird to me. Nobody really knows what's going on there. I, kn- I might have a theory. What is Because I had that same exact thing happen to me until probably, like, I was 16. So where I would, one of them. I would literally, like, sit in my room. If it, it, it always happened late at night when everybody else was asleep. If it was, like, 1 in the morning... I would hear, it sounded like, almost like, if I just laid there in my bed and I listened, I could hear, it sounded like a party happening in the other room where just low chatter, where I couldn't hear what was was being said. I was having a party in the next room. When I was 16 and you lived in Georgia and I lived in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that wasn't me. (laughs) But no, that was, I could hear that and I would always be like, what the heck? And so I actually brought it up because I was like, am I developing schizophrenia? Like, I don't know what's happening. So I brought it up with my doctor and she goes, well, you told me you were diagnosed with hearing problems early on. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, you know how some people have like tinnitus? It could just be a form of that where your brain is recognizing it as people talking or murmuring in the next room. But really, it's just your ear buzzing. Because I have tinnitus, which is... So I can see how as a kid, they wouldn't know how to describe that and be like, I hear voices. Yeah, but in the study that I read about, and not like I sat and read the whole scientific study, because I'm not a scientist and it would have all been gibberish, but they were saying that there was the type you mentioned where they heard something that sounded like people murmuring, but Mm -hmm. then they also would hear a distinct sentence. Interesting. I mean, different kids would hear different things. So some of them, maybe they were hearing ghosts, which is funny because I don't believe in ghosts, but if I did, I would think maybe that's what they're hearing. (laughs) Well, I feel like I'd rather believe that they're ghosts than I'm losing my damn mind. That's true. (laughs) Well, because I don't, I don't claim that they're aren't ghosts. I just don't believe that there are ghosts. So I am perfectly open to the fact that there could be things going on in the world that I don't know about or that I don't believe in. And you know what? If I die never knowing that they exist, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But (laughs) y'all stay in your corner of the house, I'll stay in mine. How about that? Well, there's plenty of room in this house for all the ghosts that want to be somewhere else away from me. That's why she's so lazy all the time and she's just playing with the ghosts all night. All right. So that's all I got for you, kid. All right. Well, those are pretty kid. You're You're in your 20s. I'm 19. Okay. I'm 19 plus 7. <laughs> you can't start that until you're 29 plus. Is that when you started doing that? I was. When I was turning 40. 29, 11, I, I think. I want to say it was 29 plus because I remember saying it, that when I was it, in no, my was, like early teens. When I turned 40 and I was, I was 29, 11. Oh, yes. Yes. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're done. All right. (laughs) Thank you for stopping in. And we'll see you next week. Oh, and don't forget, if you have anything to send to us, we have an Instagram account now. If you just find us at 
True Crime B&B. That's right. And you can send us a message there if you have any suggestions, recommendations, Or whatever. just follow us. Or just follow us. We'll tune you in whenever we post a new episode on any of our platforms. Thank you to True Crime Guys for following us on Instagram. Our yeah. first followers. Appreciate that. We fangirled so hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks guys. See ya. Bye.